Welcome back, you guys, to another episode of the Good Grow Great podcast. This is Growth Amplifiers, and I'm Talia Toha, and this is the segment where we dive into certain key levers that are not always so obvious to a lot of people and perhaps we need reminding of when it comes to growing our work, growing our life, and in a way that is meaningful and in a way that is making us proud in years to come, and in a way that that will make us uh, realize that we have left an impact on other people's lives. And so today, I am so excited to share this with you because I am going to be sharing the accidental playbook for achieving anything. And this is something that after years of researching something like this, I realized that there are certain commonalities on some of the success stories that we we really appreciate. And even people who have made it in history. And you're kind of going, how did they possibly do that? Like, how is that even possible, right? Because uh, the examples that I want to share with you today is about three people who had, when they started their journey, they had zero business experience, zero. And yet, uh, there are these people who just made it in history and had really created a name for themselves. Because there's one example who came from a school where he was expelled. Uh, he creates something that is on that piece of parchment. And what is amazing is that the value of it doubled overnight and sold for two million pounds. And this is something that is really fascinating. And then the other example that we're going to take a look at is a, a man who really slept in his work clothes and boots. Which is some, something so something so satisfying about that image of somebody who has been working and in dust uh, just all day, and then creating this absolute masterpiece that even hundreds and hundreds of years later, 500 years later even, we are still talking about it today. So, and also the last example that we're going to touch on is the example of somebody who got laid off and uh, started to create actually one of the biggest companies and entertainment companies even to this day. And you'll be really surprised of uh, how they started. And this is something that uh, I think is going to be so, so cool to, to dive into today. So before we start, don't forget to hit follow and subscribe. Pro Solvers, let's dive in. Okay, you guys, so I wanted to share with you something that I think we repeatedly say just over the course of, uh, of the year, right? And I don't know if we even realize that we're saying this, but occasionally I'd find myself saying, well, how on earth did they do that? <laughs> or how could that possibly uh, be done, right? And occasionally I would see examples like this. Of course, uh, in our current example, perhaps you're a fan of Elon Musk, right? And who who created the SpaceX uh, launch. And, and I think th there's so many other examples that we can pull from today's, uh, today's experience. But I'm actually wanting to look today back in time a little bit and fast forward. And because within 500 years, you actually see certain commonalities that I think not very many people realize. And what I found interesting is that when you have this dream of doing something and you start doing it, sometimes you get to a point where you look around and you realize that 
oh goodness, I'm stuck on this one, two, three things perhaps, or everyone else is so far ahead already. How can I even keep up? Or perhaps you realize that everyone else is doing what you're doing too. And you're kind of, kind of wondering, okay, how can I potentially uh, stand out? Right. And these are all questions that I think is so pertinent and so relevant every day. So I wanted to touch on that today. Now, the example that I want to share with you today is actually very, very, uh, and I, I think a lot of people who know me would probably be surprised that I use these examples because they don't seem to have anything to do with one another. But stick with me, you'll find out that there are actually a few very, very key blind spots. Now, last time I'm on the podcast, I shared about income blind spots and how you can spot few things uh, that few people really see. And if you can spot those, you'll have such a, a great way to stand out. You'll have you'll be so far ahead that you don't even realize it. And I think this is something that is so crucial. Now, today, I want to actually start by talking about a an example that I think if you're in the creative space, you probably have heard of this man. If you're not, this is a this is an interesting case study for sure. But the the case of uh, Michelangelo, of course, Michelangelo or Michelangelo, however you want to say it, he is of course a renowned artist from many centuries ago, and his specialty, of course, is in sculpting and painting and creating commissioned work that really stood the test of time. It went down in history, and it's all over in some of the greatest art pieces in the world, and of course, monumentalized and and remembered for some great work, including the Statue of David, for instance, right? Now, without getting into the history of it, uh, we are actually going to look at how that statue of David come about because what I found interesting is that when Michelangelo started to create David the the process was actually difficult right and he was actually one of the many people considered for the work for the job and he had to work to get it you guys okay so even he had to had to fight for it and what's interesting though is that the group as a whole decided to to create the statue of david from a big block of um i don't know if you call it rock per se but it is basically a slab of material a huge one that had been left and abandoned for 40 plus years or so really many many years and no one really looked at it anymore right this is kind of like when you look at some some people who turn uh, really houses that have been abandoned and really turn this into magical Airbnb, perhaps, or a school, right, or an abandoned warehouse, this is kind of the equivalent, you guys, okay? So people have kind of wrote that material off and just say, that's not going to work. It's just too expensive to do it that way, or it's too impossible to carve a whole statue out of that big block of, of, of material, and it's going to crumble, or whatever, whatever the objection was, right? And yet he proceeded, and he created something that is just so stunning and marvelous that we're still talking about it, and people in the community of uh, the creative communities are still talking about it. Now, what does this have anything to do with work and uh, creating the type of uh, achievement that you are involved in? Now, I think what is really important to realize is that Michelangelo doesn't just create art, right? He is 
Uh, in some, in a lot of ways, he's an engineer, right? He's a business person because these commissions that he get, you have to have certain amount of skill to maintain. You can't just be good at your craft. That's not enough, right? You have to, if you want to work these amazing projects, you do have to have, as we know, certain skills to sustain it, to really have the right relationships, to have uh, to be able to maintain it for years and years and years without really losing all your money or whatever it is, right? And he did all that. And not only he did all that, he also uh, really created a, a legacy that no one else can rival. So I think what's really interesting in Michelangelo's case is that, again, if we think about him and this big giant block of slab, and we're kind of, maybe if we were him in his shoes, we're going, well, what am I supposed to do with this, right? <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? And when we take that, that question, what am I supposed to do with this, and apply it to yet another case study, and in this case, Walt Disney himself, you'd be very surprised that when Walt Disney started, he didn't really have, again, he has the craft, right? He's good in animation, all of these things. But he did not become the Walt Disney, the entertainer, until many, many years afterwards, after many, many failed attempts. There are actually a couple of ventures that he was in that he failed in. And what's interesting was that Disney was laid off in 1920 um, and somewhere in that neighborhood. And what's interesting also is that he had been said to be shy. Now, I don't know if any of these, some of you guys art historians probably know a little bit better about this. This is something that I had pulled up from my research. And it, it is really interesting that it looks like there's a lot of things going um, against Walt Disney, right? I think we always like to think that people who are successful, they're well connected. They know the right people. They have the inside track or they have, you know, a really amazing talent that only they have, right? Like a Mozart, kind of like a prodigy type of thing. No, not really. When he was starting, he was actually just writing, uh, drawing cartoons on the side, like many people, right? And he was doing things uh, that don't work, like a lot of people. So, um, and it got to a point where he was actually serving in the Red Cross, and he drew a cartoon on the side of the ambulance, um, you know, and when he was an ambulance driver for the Red Cross. So, you can kind of see that it's a kind of like a garage venture where he started out in a place that is humble and it started in a place that is unlikely even to thrive or go anywhere. And, and when we look at what he has and we kind of go, if we're in his place and we, we're good at animation, for instance, and we're Walt Disney and we're like, well, what am I supposed to do with this? Right. The difference between people who uh, become somebody and people who do not become somebody is really their ability to spot little things, small things that can create big, big results. And that's why last time I talked about the income blind spot and how to how to spot it, right, in the growth amplifiers episode. If you haven't listened to that, I highly, highly recommend you to tune into that. But Walt identified that income blind spot and they realized that he realized that well no one else is doing this and this actually seemed to be the direction in the future and I want to kind of take a look at that okay and he persisted what is interesting is that 
he took us a number of years to do this, right? So be, be encouraged that if you're not quite there yet, that most people take years, right? And so the third case study, though, is of a man called Banksy. Now, Banksy is a modern case uh, scenario. And he actually, if you are a, fa a fan of, your, of his work, of course, this is obvious too. But if you don't know who Banksy is, you can look him up. And he is really renowned for, renowned for a certain stenciling technique on, on walls and really street art. He's a, he was a street artist. And he created these really images that are not just thought provoking, but also placed in a very, very strategic locations, right? And I think what's interesting is that People thought that when he started, people went, oh, his, tech, his technique isn't all that great. Stenciling seems easy. Like, why would that be? Why would that be laudable? Why would we be like clapping our hands and just going, oh, yeah, that's amazing. But year in and year out, he kept to it. He just kind of stayed his course. And recently, not too long ago, one of his pieces, the I think it's I don't know what it's called officially, but it's really an image of a little girl with a red balloon and the red balloon is floating up and the little girl is just reaching up and her hand is just kind of uh, airborne, just kind of midair a little bit. And as if reaching for the soon to be gone balloon um, that's going to float away into the sky. And what's interesting is that this piece was valued at somewhere in the neighborhood of one million pounds. Pounds. And at an auction, it sold for it sold for that amount, but he <laughs> destroyed it, which I thought was so interesting. He destroyed or somebody of his from his team destroyed it at least. But the painting was destroyed literally the minute it had just been sold for one million pounds uh, plus. And so within 24 hours, though, uh, the destroyed uh, the destroyed piece doubled in value, which is so interesting. I mean, I think this is only applicable in certain spaces and certain domains, particularly in the art world, where um, certain things that are destroyed actually become even more valuable. But if we want to kind of take all of these examples down into the ground level and take a look at, well, how can we apply this to our work and our business? What you want to see are really, again, those blind spots that you don't realize is happening. Now, in the case of Banksy, he was doing, again, things that few people are doing. Stenciling in his space at the time was uncommon. OK, and stenciling, I'm not going to go into the detail of it, but basically instead of like creating an original piece on street where you're out there, you know, with uh, with your tools and your kind of uh you're kind of spraying around um, just on the spot one by one. He created uh, basically cutouts and profile cutouts of the images pre like before he goes out into this into the into the streets right into the world and he created those before uh way before he gets out there and so what he does is he he was able to create ways to produce his work not only faster but better faster and better, right? Those are two things that if you look at what you're doing right now, if you can do whatever it is that you're wanting to do faster and better, that's, I mean, that's that's great. If it's just fast and it's not any better or it's even worse, that's not really the goal, right? Like that's not something that we want to strive toward. But if it's better and it's faster, 
why not? Right? Why not? Of course, you become the judge of what exactly is faster and what exactly is better. How much more time are you saving? And what qualifies as better for you? Right? You get to be the judge of that. You get to decide. So that's Banksy. Like he created a way to to basically, okay, the income blind spot here is that all of these other artists are out there for hours at a time, at a time creating original pieces and that cannot be replicated. And in the meantime, he figured, oh, you know what? I'm going to create a stencil, a cutout that I could then fill and color. And that's going to make me whatever, two times faster, three times, maybe even 10 times faster in certain cases. And not only is it 10 times faster, the image is much more beautiful and it's, it's well thought out. So this is so cool because if you're able to do this and you find the income blind spot, you're going to you're going to be so far ahead that that you're going to be like oh wow this is i cannot believe i haven't been doing this all along right in the case of michelangelo he noticed opportunities right where people only saw obstacles. Now, if you've been following the podcast for a long time, you know that I speak very passionately about obstacles and opportunities. And this is, of course, uh, after inspired by Ryan Holiday's book, The Obstacle is the Way, where the obstacle challenges in front of you is not really just obstacle. It is an opportunity to be better at certain things, to rise beyond the obstacle. Now, Michael Michelangelo, of course, when he saw that big giant slab that no one wants to look at anymore because it's so old and so big and so difficult to work with, he went, you know what? That's actually what I'm going to work on because not only does it make it more unique, it is actually there are some opportunities here. Perhaps I can make the image look a certain way because of this, of the formation of this slab, whatever it is, right? And if you look at your situation and your scenario, perhaps you're struggling with, uh, you know, with producing your content out there and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so much work, right? So much work and everyone else is doing that and I have no time to do all of these other things. Then what you realize you can do is, you know what? Not enough people are doing X, right? So fill in that blank. What is that X? Not enough people are doing X. And that's actually perhaps where I can stand out, right? Think about it that way. So if you, when you find that income blind spot, the spot that only few people see, you'll suddenly realize, oh, wow, this is amazing. Now, of course, I also talk about you need to make sure that you have to do a few things to make sure that that's the direction that you want to do. But the essence of it is that once you recognize it, you'll become so you'll get even bigger results from just this small step from just this small change. And so that was the case with Michelangelo in the case of Walt Disney, of course, he created things that people are like, what amusement park for what now? How is that possible? We can't get rights to this and that land and we can't possibly create something that big. Who would possibly pay that much or who would possibly come to this and that? Now, of course, when he looked at even the amusement park, right, he was already somewhat established. So you have to obviously take educated risk but when you're doing that when you're taking all of taking certain opportunities slash risk you do want to see these income blind find these income blind spots that few see that you kind of identify you identify as opportunities 
in Walt's case, of course, when now, of course, Disney is one of the biggest companies in the world and still is today, probably still will be for uh, a number of years to come. We don't know what the future will hold, but we know that the, that name is still around. So just think of that. You know, think of something that you're creating and something that you're like, oh, wow, this can totally surpass me, totally go beyond, uh, you know, my grave even, or my kids. It can really create something that people utterly enjoy. Now, if you think of Disney, right, a lot of people will, might only see the obstacle, right? You might only be, if we're in his shoes, we might only go, you know what? It's just too much work. It's like all of these things that is happening. Like I don't understand anything about land land rights and all of these things that that create an amusement park. That is an obstacle, but he sees the uh, that the opportunity outweighs the obstacle. And I'm not just talking about monetary opportunities, you guys. It's really just imagine how happy you are when, I don't know if you've been to Disney, but when I was younger, when I was young and I went to Disney, I was just, I had lost my mind. I lost it. I was just like, oh my goodness, that castle. Of course, I don't really do that anymore. But when I was young, I was like, oh, I want to go there. And I would just want to, and we would wait. We would wait for two hours in a line just to go to a ride that's two minutes long right? Two minutes long, two hour wait, you guys. Just imagine your business like that, your work like that. People coming to you and they would wait for hours, weeks, months, maybe even years to work with you and uh, to work with you even just a little bit, right? And you get to kind of set this amazing experience, right? Create this amazing experience that not only is memorable to them, but also makes you realize that, wow, this is now this is living to my potential, right? And it's so hard to find this because not people aren't looking for the income blind spots. They're not looking for the blind spots where the growth blind spots, I should say, where you're like, wow, this can be something here, right? They only focus on areas that people, other people have seen. So if you look for these blind spots, you'll be, you'll be surprised to discover that there are certain things that, that not only people want, but also that you can provide in a meaningful way. So if you think that this is something that can really elevate your work, I am so thrilled because um, one way you can think about this, there are so many different ways, and I'm going to share with you a PDF that you can download for the full accidental playbook for achieving anything. But one thing that you do want to, to keep in mind before I share with you pages and pages of this playbook is that you have to look for a few things, okay, to start. Now, the first thing that you want to look for is unlikely places, right? Unlikely places. And that could be anything. It could be like um, you, instead of maybe focusing on the socials because you're tired of it, maybe you focus more on speaking, right? Or maybe you focus on not just speaking, maybe you focus on conference calls, which not many people are doing now, but maybe that's your area of strength. Maybe that's an area that is a blind spot for a lot of people. And in that conference call. Perhaps you can create something that is unique to you, right? So unlikely places. And the second thing is underserved people. Now, what do I mean with underserved people? Now, I, I had learned this when I was working with huge, huge multi-million dollar companies and uh, most 
companies that I had worked with at that time, they all kind of look for the obvious things, right? They kind of look for and what are the biggest pool of population who are um, who we should serve. But there are a few really smart people who are looking for these blind spots, and they are looking for underserved people, people who do not get what they absolutely want and absolutely need. The, the best way to kind of think about this is just think about when you're outside and you are, uh, let's say that you are running, right? You're, you're going out for a walk, perhaps, and you're out running and, and you're kind of, you realize that your phone is not charged, and your phone, let's say, is it has like 1% left. And you're kind of starting to panic because you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have my mobile charger. I don't have my portable battery or whatever it is. You don't have anything to charge it. And then in your walk, in the woods, whether you're kind of walking out in a park or maybe you're in an urban area, suddenly you see a place where you can charge it. Suddenly you see a place where you can charge it. Now, um, now you're surprised by this because for miles and miles and miles, you haven't ever seen this. And it is not something that is normal to see. But suddenly you see that there is a way for you to save your phone and you can still continue to enjoy whatever it is that you're listening while you're out and about. Of course, of course, you're going to go there and you're going to be like, sure, of course. Yeah, I'll do it. And maybe they have a, a fee or whatever. And you're going to go, that sounds reasonable. Let's do this. And so those people are underserved. They're in places where they cannot easily find or have access to what they need. Not only what they need, but maybe even what they want, right? Two different things. If you look for people who are underserved, right, and that's the people that you serve, suddenly you will become much more, not just much more noticeable, but also people people would realize that, my gosh, finally, finally someone with something that they that they can share. And finally someone with something that finally solves this problem, right? It's kind of like that. It's kind of like the iPhone charger, water in the desert, right? Ice cream in one ice cream parlor in a huge hot place, right? Or so you want to be looking for unlikely places where you can serve people. And it has to be, of course, again, I want you to do your own research on whether that's those places are viable, but there are places that are viable that a lot of people overlook because they're too busy looking at the hustle mentality, looking at what everyone else is hustling on, right? So unlikely places, underserved people, and uncommon tools, right? And tools or techniques, it doesn't matter. Something that is, I'm not, by uncommon, I don't mean just going out of your way to create something that nobody ever does or nobody ever want. That's not the point. I'm just saying if it's already within your grasp and it is your strength, you can find these uncommon tools. Like Michelangelo and Banksy and Walt Disney, they all notice something that they can do within the realm, within the space and domain of their industry, of what they're doing. And then they're going, well, how come no one is doing it? Maybe they're just so busy with what everyone else is doing that they forget that this huge slab can actually become something really remarkable, that they forget that creating something that's a cutout, this small change can actually produce really big, better and faster results. 
um, when I'm producing my work out there or Walt Disney, who's going, well, you know what? I'm interested because everyone's interested in entertainment and animation, but there's no place to congregate and really make this into a live entertaining reality. And I'm going to make my amusement park, right? So still within the bounds of what you're doing, but things that are overlooked that really deserves more attention, things, people, places, and tools that are overlooked that deserve more attention. So if you go out finding these things, these blind spots and these growth blind spots, and you really creatively thought out and map out and really create something that is meaningful, you'll be far, far ahead. And you no longer have to compete with anyone. You, it's almost like you're your own competition. So the income blind spot is really something that, that would really help you propel forward. And I want you guys, I definitely want you guys to get the full playbook. And this is my gift to you, the accidental playbook for achieving anything. And it also includes uh, how to avoid the income blind spot that we talked about in a previous episode, right? And so the accidental playbook is really high level concepts that you can then apply to your day to day. Like how do you create a content that uh, a playbook content that um, that really achieves the goal and the results that uh, that you're looking for? And how do you really get the get clients that you're looking for? How do you get a job that you're looking for with this accidental playbook? for achieving anything, right? And this is something that, of course, in your case, it no longer will become accidental. It becomes something that is well thought out and people will notice you because it's well thought out and you'll get hopefully better and bigger and, um, and faster results from these lessons and case studies that we've learned from 500 plus years clues to really achieving anything. So it's, it's a waste if you don't get it and other people will be so far ahead if they start noticing these income blind spots before you and if they're also in your space. So you will definitely get some of these things that um, that will really set you apart, including how to send even an, an important email, a one pager even. If, you're, if you have a business already and you're like, well, I want to send out an email to this and that person and I wanted to do X, Y, Z um, together with them and work together with them. How do I do this? And I have the playbook to share with you. And, and also, how do you convince someone of your idea, your project, your proposal, your um, to join your webinar, to join your course, join your launch, to join your newsletter even. There's so many things that's happening here that I think a lot of people realize that it's becoming more and more noisy out there. How do you do this even if you feel small? This is critical. Even if you feel small um, and yet you want big, meaningful, powerful results that make you live a fulfilling life that you deserve. So make sure you go to the show notes. So you go to the, you click back on this episode and you check you check out the show notes and you can kind of scroll down and check out the link where you can download the free guide to avoiding the income blind spot, but also the accidental playbook for achieving anything. So you will find that this is so, so important. And next week we're going to talk about winning without even trying. We're going to talk about winning without even trying because this is all related. And I want you to have the sneak preview of what next episode is going to be and what it's going to outline. And uh, you be sure to tune in because I'm going to share with you one thing that a particular person had shared with 17 plus people who win number one 
in their category in athletic competitions, in the Olympics. I want to share with you what they say about how to win uh, anything without even trying. So without further ado, you guys, be sure to hit follow and subscribe and download that free guide. Go to the show notes and download that free guide. And I'll see you next time.